welcome to the Leaders Edge podcast. I'm Sandy Laycox, Editor-in-Chief of Leaders Edge. In this episode of our Personalized podcast, our Associate Editor, Chris Hand, speaks with Deborah Martinez, Chief Human Resources Officer for Alera Group. Deborah shares how her grandmothers shaped her views on family, work ethic, and perseverance, and the crucial moment all of those things came into focus in her life. She talks Texas versus Chicago, Cubs versus White Sox, and why Alera is the best company she's worked for. All this and more, give it a listen. Okay, we are here with Deborah Martinez, the Chief Human Resources Officer at Alera Group, uh, based in Chicago. She's in Houston. Um, Deborah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Chris. It's my pleasure. I'm super excited to spend some time with you this morning. Good, good. Um, I have to ask you, you're, you grew up in Chicago, went to college in Chicago, and you're now living and working in Texas. I'm going to guess that was something of a transition. Yes, for sure. This tell, is me, my, tell me about that. My second tour of duty in, in Texas. Um, my husband actually is, is from Texas. And okay. um, that's why we're here. And we have uh, learned to adjust to the heat, which I love. Uh, the culture, it's its its different. Uh, the Midwest is much faster paced. Um, and um, it's, it's business first, relationship second. Here it's relationship first, business second. And so it was a great learning curve and a great experience to find a balance between the two. So let me ask you about that. When you say relationship first, business second, tell, tell me about that. How does that, how does that manifest itself in, in, in your work life? So um, when I first started in human resources um, and I was client facing and, and dealing with a variety of, of um, whatever issues we had going on, oftentimes you would go to a meeting and you would address whatever the issue was. And then if it was a good outcome, they'd invite you to lunch or you'd invite them to lunch or go to a baseball game or something like that. When I got to the South, it was lunch first, socializing and then doing <laughs> So I guess if you were able to establish good rapport at lunch or at your social event, then you would do business. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. You told me that <clears throat> two of your biggest influences in your life were your maternal grandmothers. And you said you didn't realize that until your son Conrad was born. So tell me about that. How, how was his, how did his birth motivate that, that realization for you? So um, Conrad was, was a preemie. He was a 29-weeker. And I was the VP of human resources for a very large uh, uh, national company and, and working full-time and traveling and doing all, all the fun things that I love. And um, when he was born, it was life-changing because he was very early. And um, getting through that, still working full-time, being in and out of the hospital, um, it I quickly realized how my grandmothers had prepared me to continue to be successful in, in my what I wanted to do and balance it with, with having a, you know, a family. And um, at the time I, I didn't, kind of, you're in the motions, you just kind of go through it, um, but then started to realize like that was a big deal, right? It was, a, it was life-changing. And I not only survived it, I thrived through it. He, he's doing well and, and continues to do well. Um, had they not instilled in me the, the, the importance of work ethic, family first, being able to persevere regardless of what life throws at you, I don't know if I would have been prepared for um, that experience. Hmm. 
So tell me about your your grandmothers. Tell me. So, if, well, let me ask their names if I could. So my my uh, my paternal grandmother, um, her name was. They're both in heaven. Uh, Maria um, Maria Martinez, and then my um, <clears throat> maternal grandmother, her name was Rafael Rebellis. And um, my maternal grandmother um, was an uh, immigrant into the United States from Mexico in, the, in 1949. She's, she's actually a Spaniard. Um, and she was um, well-educated, um, didn't speak English. And when she came to Chicago, um, had to start her life all over because it was a different dynamic. Um, she came in um, and didn't have a skill um, that she could use, utilize in the United States, didn't speak English. So it was really starting over for her. Wow. My other grandmother um, was born in, in Chicago, had ha, um, here for, for a long time. And, and so her experience was a little bit different where she um, actually, she was one of the first women who worked in the, in the steel mill um, and, and she paid her, that paid her way to get a college education and become a teacher. She was a cosmetology teacher. Wow. And so both of them were very career oriented. Um, my grandmother um, learned to speak English. She learned um, to use her accounting skills and created a career for herself and ended up in the medical field. And my other grandmother, as she worked through um, the steel mill and, and getting herself an education in cosmetology, she ended up being a cosmetology teacher. Wow. And just, you know, great stories, great role models. And at the same time, they both had large families and loved their children and just continued to um sow the seed for for the future wow a lot of a lot of lessons there right yes you told me earlier that you um did not enjoy high school but it sounds like you you thrived in college tell me about that so um so growing up on the southeast side of chicago it's a small blue collar community um and i went to um high school in, in a much more dynamic, diverse um, environment. And I wasn't prepared for it. You know, isolated, um, exposure to a lot of different cultures, exposure to a lot of different things. And, and it was a transition for me, it was tough. And so it wasn't a good experience because I had a lot of learning and a lot of stumbles and just a lot of lessons learned. And so as I got through high school and then got to college, I had matured, I had experienced a lot of, um, a lot of different things diversity of thought, diversity of religion, diversity of approach, diversity of career. So when I got to college, um, my eyes were much more open and then I started to enjoy life. Uh, but, but high school was, was tough. Hmm. Okay. Um, tell me about your transition to the insurance industry because you had worked in human resources in other industries. Was, was there much of a transition or no? So um, I believe that uh, being in, one of the great things about being in human resources is you can transition from industry and company um, pretty easily. Um, you certainly have a steep learning curve for the industry and, and how you know the the, um, the dynamics work with within that um, industry within the company. But people are people, and if you are aligned in values and you have good service delivery and you're focused on um, what the company wants to do and that aligns to what you want to do, it's a pretty easy um, transition. Mm -hmm. so there's a steep learning curve, doing a lot of listening, a lot of learning, being open, building new relationships. Um, and that excites me. So the transition for me is, is a good experience because uh, I love to learn and meet new people. What is the best thing about your job? 
the people I work with. What is the worst thing about your job? Um, the toughest part and, and the least favorite part I like about my job is when I have to, um, to transition people out of an organization, whether it's the company's decision or the person's decision, the impact on that person, their lives and, and the lives that they touch, you know, the, you know, mother, father, children, grandchildren, whatever that looks like, that's always really, really hard. Um, and it, it happens, right? Whether it's an economic downturn, whether it's, it's a misalignment, whether there's some performance or behavioral issues, but at the end of the day, that person still um, has a family and a life and they're providing or they're part of a system that's impacted. And that's the least favorite, my least favorite part of my job. Yeah, yeah. You also told me that Alara is one of the one of the favorite employers that you've worked for. So tell me why. Well, um, Alara is a great place to work. It is a growing, thriving organization. It is an organization field of <clears throat> with many smart people who are willing to help. It's not a caustic environment. It's a great opportunity to add value. You get to um, bring your thoughts and, and ideas to the table. And even if they're not, it doesn't end up going anywhere, you still have you still have the opportunity to be heard and to add add value. Now the organization will say, that's just not the direction we're going in, but it's okay. Thanks for the idea. Or that sounds great. And how do we move forward? My um I love I'm a builder, so I love the opportunity to build, come in and, and problem solve. So that that's exciting. And then also, um, there's a lot of opportunity with the building company, whether it's standing up HR, service delivery for, for our folks, um, developing, helping people down learn, learning paths. And one of the great um, experiences that I'm having, there's many, but one of the, the ones that I'm really enjoying is the opportunity to build um, our inclusive and diversity uh, mission for the organization. I was going to ask you about that. Tell me about that. And so... When I first um, arrived at Alara, um, they uh, they had already had a mission on on what they called diversity and inclusion. And as I went through my listening tours and as I heard the culture and what people were looking for, um, we took a different approach and said, this is really about inclusion and diversity. Inclusion being creating a place where people are welcome, they bring their best selves, they add value, they're respected. Um, and the diversity will come. It's probably um, it, it will come with our programming and our designing, but really to be inclusive and have a place of belong and where you're able to um, be uh, a person that matters, right? Regardless of where you are in the ecosystem, that's what Alara is about. Um, being collaborative, having a home and having a sense of belonging. I often use the analogy of you can have a lot of diversity, but if you don't have inclusion, it doesn't really matter because you can have a diverse, whether it's diversity of thought, diversity of background, whatever it looks like, but if people aren't heard, if they're not able to add value, it, it, it could be as diverse as, as anything, but the, the business isn't changing. We're not moving forward to develop people individually and to help the company grow. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of passion for that, Chris. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> um, are there particular initiatives within that mission that, that you have uh, championed since you got to Alara several years ago? 
Yes. Um, so, so the big we, we've done we've done a lot, and I would say um, when I think about the maturity map of of our journey, um, depending on our location, we're in a different place. Whether it's at the beginning of our journey where we're creating awareness and education, or we're at the end of the spectrum becoming market leaders, you know, we we, we vacillate um, depending on where we're at. And so what we've done is said, you know, from, from a, a national perspective, how do we move the organization forward, meet people where they're at, and let them continue at their own pace, um, depending on the market. And so there are three big things that we have focused on. Um, number one is awareness and education. And, and we have put together various quarterly educational formats um, where um, they're guest speakers on different issues of inclusion, religion in the workplace, how to navigate microaggressions, just a variety of topics. It's an open forum. We have a guest speaker and you get to have a Q&A. The second thing that we have done is also creating a leadership playbook. And so the playbook is built around the, the, um, the journey and says, if you're here, here are three things that you might want to think about um, doing that are practical and make sense when, you're, when you and your team are ready. Um, and really being able to, to leverage that at the right moment, at the right time. We, we never want to force something or say you must do because that just doesn't work, right? It, it has to happen organically with some, with, with some direction and guidance and, and, and the desire. The third thing that we did is we created an IND champion program and we found um, folks within the organization who really wanted to, number one, increase their personal knowledge um, on inclusion and diversity and then be part of a larger uh, steering committee to help with programming and designing throughout the company. So the voice of our employees are heard, people are, are, are not only um, having development, but also giving back with impact to create our design and our programs. Um, Deborah, I'm going to let you get back to work, but before I let you go, is there anything uh, I didn't ask that I should have? Am I a Cubs fan or a White Sox? You mentioned you're a Cubs fan. How did that happen? So um, my mom's uncle um, was an, an insurance man. Uh, he worked for, for, for national, American National Insurance. And so um, did very well for himself. And he had season tickets to the Bears, to, to the Cubs. Uh. And so my dad and I, uh, he would take both of us. And I probably didn't need a ticket. And I'd just sit on one of their laps. And so I didn't know anything different than the Cubs. Lives far south, but all I knew was about the Cubs. And <laughs> so um, I became a, a lifelong Cubs fan. OK, that is a question I should have asked. Yes, I stand corrected. <laughs> okay. Deborah, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate uh, your time and, uh, and best of luck to you as you move forward. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate your time and have a great weekend. That was Associate Editor Chris Han and Deborah Martinez of Alera Group. I hope you enjoyed their conversation. You can find more personalized podcasts at leadersedge.com or on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.